0: Hi there. My name is John Mark Troyer, and you are listening to the Real Job Talk Podcast. I am not the host of the podcast, but I would like to introduce to you the two hosts, our first host, Liz Bronson. Come on down. <laughs> hello, John. Liz. Hi, Liz. How are you? Good. How are you? Great, great. And our other our other host is Kathleen Nelson Troyer. Kathleen, hello. Hello, hello. So, look, let's just get right into it. This is a podcast about careers, about jobs, about, I guess, how to get a job, how to be good at your career, what to do next. Uh, you know, I don't, I'm not quite all sure what you're going to cover, but we'll figure that out here in this introductory episode of Real Job Talk. But, Liz, um, you know, let's. Uh, why don't you introduce yourself to the audience? Uh, we'd love to hear a little bit about you and what you do and how you got to this place. So, Liz Bronson, Hello.
1: Hello. Gosh, I wish I knew. I am a first was an elementary school teacher turned into an HR person, turned into an in-house recruiter. First in financial services, where I met my friend Kathleen Nelson Troyer, then moved on to being a tech recruiter, focusing on non-tech jobs because the engineers didn't laugh enough at my jokes. Um, and was in-house at VMware for about nine years until I hung my own little shingle for Liz Bronson Consulting where I have been doing career coaching as well as startup recruiting for mostly product jobs and sales jobs.
0: And Kathleen Nelson Troyer, our other co-hosts, Cat, uh, why don't you introduce yourself?
1: Hi, everyone, I'm Cat. I started off actually
2: as an agency recruiter eons ago and uh, moved over to in-house. Started in financial services and then moved over to technology as well. And about 10 years ago, I moved over into coaching. So now I have a, I started my company in 2003, Jigsaw Solutions, which uh, does a little bit of recruiting, but does more organizational development type uh, executive coaching work as well as like 360 degree feedback programs. Mm hmm. So that's where my focus is most of the time these days.
0: Right, right. You are no longer, for the most part, a practicing recruiter. Well, you know,
2: six months ago, I would have said, absolutely, that's correct, John. But right now, I do have a couple searches on my desk. So never say never.
0: Right, right. And I am not a recruiter, nor am I a host of the podcast. I did have a career podcast for a few years uh, called The Geek Whispers, back a few years ago, if anyone's interested in it, about tech careers and and different tech things, but the actual secret, and I'll tell, I'll tell just you, Liz, and you, Cat, uh, and our listeners, that uh, I actually every all the wisdom that I, I, I delivered there on that podcast actually all came from you, Kathleen.
2: Oh, John, I'm not certain that's true, but uh, I'm sure I have impacted you over the years a little bit.
0: Uh, indeed, I've learned a lot about careers, about what to do in a job, how to get, to, how to think about your next job. Um, anyway, so I let's.
2: Well, why don't you tell yeah. the the great story about how you landed at VMware?
0: Well, I spent um, many years at VMware, about nine and a half years. It was my biggest and longest corporate tenure gig. And actually, I got that uh, because of you, Liz. You recruited me into VMware, actually. I
1: did. And you were the best candidate because you were the non-traditional candidate, the kind that they looked at the resume and they're like, no. And I said, yes. And he said, no. And I said, just try. And lo and behold… In came John Troyer. Dun, dun, dun.
0: I was hired as a product manager, community manager for the for the community team at VMware. I had no experience in that area. In fact, I, was a, I have a PhD in pharmaceutical chemistry, and I had started a, a venture back startup. But it seemed kind of interesting, although…
2: Except, what did you say to me after your first conversation with Liz?
0: I said, I will never take that job. I'm not interested at all in that job.
2: I'm not interested in VMware, is what you told me.
0: Well, but you you convinced me as my uh, yeah, wife, I, yeah, I to, like, uh, to to go down I to Palo Alto. Wasn't your wife yet. Okay, as my as my live-in partner, you yes. convinced me <sighs> to go down to Palo Alto and just see what it was all about.
2: Yeah, I was like, you're going to check out the job.
0: Yeah, by convinced me, I actually mean you told me to go down and check it out. Mm-hmm. You, you insisted that so I, did, I at least I check did. it out. I it did. Was
2: that or you know, a barista at Starbucks?
0: Right? right. Well, hey, so is that one of our first takeaways from this podcast that people can take away? Like when you get an opportunity to go interview even if you're not quite sure you're interested in the job, should you take it?
1: Absolutely. (laughs) Yeah, it can't hurt to have a conversation.
0: No. Mm -hmm.
1: No. A conversation never hurts. And frankly, when you're doing the job search process, you always have that first conversation unless it is for something that's completely, completely not related to anything you'd ever want to do. Like, I'm not going to take an interview to be... a recruiting coordinator, because it's just not ever going to happen. Right. But if something could be minimally interesting, have that first conversation, and then progress in conversations if things still remain interesting. Right.
0: Mm-hmm. Well, it certainly worked out for me. I spent nine and a half years at VMware. It really transformed my career. I had a great time. Uh, I think I was a good candidate for the role. And so thank you, Liz, for for uh, convincing the hiring manager that, that uh, to take a chance on me, or at least to talk to me.
1: It sounds like there was convincing on both sides.
0: <laughs>
1: you must be together. <laughs> I tell people all the time that Liz is the
2: best recruiter I know, mm-hmm. and I know some. I know many recruiters. I was a recruiter for more than fifteen years. So. Mm.
0: Let, let me go to what this podcast is all about. I, we kind of want to talk a little bit about that. We've introduced you just briefly, but I mean, there's ask a manager. There's other career podcasts. There's there's kind of different uh, resume podcasts. There's different kinds of podcasts. I don't know. I mean, Liz, what do you think this podcast is all about when you and Kat came together? Kind of what was the thought there?
1: I think that both of us really love the career coaching aspects of our job. And whether it's as a recruiter for me or as a hiring manager, consultant for me and for Kat, it's as an OD person and and career coach and job coach. We both love helping people have those aha moments about who they are and where they're going and what they need to do next. And for us, sometimes it seems like it's a no brainer, but for a lot of people, they just don't see that path. And so what we wanted to do is create a path for people in different situations. So for example, what do I do if I just got fired? Or what do I do if I want to go back to school? And how do I make the time? And wh- what do I do if the person behind me is talking politics at work and it's making me totally uncomfortable? So we want to have guests and we want to have experts. If we, whomever we think would be a good person to talk to, as well as our own opinions and thoughts, to help people have a real solution to things that can really be hurdles and stumbling blocks. Mm. Yeah, and eventually we
2: want to open it up to questions to the audience. Yes. So we'll have a place for you to ask questions because mm-hmm. we're hoping that we'll get some good questions that we can tackle and maybe even have people on the on the
0: show. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. We could go. There's lots of ways to for people to either give you recorded audio, uh, like uh, call, dial-in sort of folks, and we could even do this live if it works out that way. Yep. Conceptually, we could do it. We'll, live. We'll just see where it takes us. <laughs> well, so Cat, you know, you and I end up because of uh, our relationship with folks in the technical and enterprise. Cloud community, you know people people who are are kind of tech geeks. We end up looking at a lot of resumes, and so we end up doing kind of career coaching ourselves. Mm -hmm. If people are in transition, we'll often, uh, you know, uh, tell them. You know, they'll send us their resume, and we'll take a look at it and give them some tips.
2: And then we often have conversations with them. I call it. It's our service. It's kind Mm -hmm. of our way of tithing. Mm
0: -hmm. Our volunteer service to the community, (laughs) for sure. So you know, you were you have been recruiting, but you know you 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 weren't recruiting for a long time. Mm -hmm. Is the career coaching uh, a big part of what you enjoy as well?
2: I enjoy that for sure. Um, I I enjoy, as Liz said, it's it's kind of super fun to help people to to help create those aha moments for people. You know, one of the things that most recruiters don't do, and I didn't do terribly often, it was the exception to the rule, but there's sometimes when some feedback would be super helpful to a candidate. And as a career coach, you're in a much different position to be able to give some straight up feedback. Uh, Now, you know, we'll probably do a whole episode on feedback because not everyone knows how to receive feedback. Uh, Feedback can be scary. But, you know, it's really great to look at feedback as a gift. Mm-hmm. So you're, you're in, a mu- I'm in a much different position as a career coach to give someone feedback as opposed to being an in-house recruiter or an agency recruiter. I mean, occasionally I would go out on a limb. Like when I really, sometimes you have a real connection with someone and you can just tell that they need the feedback and that that will help them. But, you know, Liz, Liz and I have worked close, you know, close enough to each other. We were right next, we had desks right next to each other. And you know, there are also, it's also inappropriate at times. It's, I'd say the general rule is you don't give a lot of feedback. That's not, that's not what we're being paid for as a recruiter.
1: Well, and you run, you run liability risks. Exactly. You have to be really careful. And so when do you give feedback? When do you not? And I mean, I don't want, we probably shouldn't go too far into it, but bottom line is give feedback when you think it can help, when you think it can be heard. And when you, when it's, it's not something that's going to get you in trouble.
2: Right, right. And all, it's almost like all three of those elements need to be there. That's more like a recruiter tip, though, than a job search tip. Mm-hmm, but
0: mm-hmm.
2: that's well, one reason why you're not going to get a lot of, mm-hmm. you know, as a job searcher, you're not going to get a lot of feedback from from the HR and recruiters that you talk with. It's going to be the exception to the rule. Right, right. Because most people don't want to stick their neck out because of that liability issue.
0: Okay, well, it seems like this whole topic of, of careers and, and finding a job and finding your next job uh, is fairly broad. So, I mean, I thought maybe I would drill down in a few different areas so we could see just what, uh, what your, some thoughts are you have on, on different areas. So, in, in terms of succeeding at your job, I don't know. I mean, Liz, do you have any tips about like succeeding at a particular role for a particular amount of time? Anything that people do right or wrong or things that you're interested in helping them do?
1: Good thing that's not a broad question. Um, <laughs> oh, oh,
0: okay. well, that's the narrow. Question, so, I mean, man. I think
1: success in a job has about a zillion different buckets that you can go into, and I, I, you know, I'd love to say just try hard, and that's unfortunately in this world not always enough. But I think the biggest key to success in your role is to know what makes whomever is grading you. Think that you're successful. So knowing what your deliverables are, knowing what's expected of you, and s- knowing how you can or cannot match up to that. Being
2: really clear on what is going to be what what your deliverables are in the first mm-hmm. sixty days, the first ninety days. Um, being really clear about that because you know the more you can match up to what the manager wants, right? And I'm thinking
1: gonna- of some uh, some roles that maybe aren't as corporate. And you know if you're a checkout clerk and you're supposed to check out. 10 people in an hour that's your metric but if you're a checkout clerk in the comp- and the store is all about being friendly and it's about how friendly are you that's your metric so it's just really clear metrics and knowing what's expected of you and sometimes asking that is scary but you have to know what you're being graded on to know what you should do it's kind of like when you're in school yeah, a good
2: candidate is always going to ask what does success look like in the job at some point Absolutely. in the job process.
1: And a good job candidate's going to hear if the company can't answer that.
2: Hmm. Right. And that's just as important. I mean, that's the other thing. The, the candidate is also interviewing the company. And I think mm-hmm. a lot of times people forget that.
0: Mm-hmm. How important are mentors in succeeding uh, in a job role?
2: Extremely important and generally more than one. That's one of the things that I wish I knew at the beginning of my career, how important mentors were and how important having multiple mentors
1: is. Yeah. And I was so lucky when I started my HR career to have an awesome, awesome, awesome mentor named John Moreland, who's now retired. But he was so great in the beginning to help me learn HR and learn real HR. Um, And then having mentors like Kathleen and recruiting, etc., as I went was so critical. The difference between when you have a mentor and when you don't is huge. But it's so great to have people, as Kathleen said, in different parts of your life. So you have someone who's really good at public speaking. So you say to them, I'm about to do my first talk. What do I do? Versus. But you wouldn't go to someone who's a really good manager and you're about to have a team for the first time for that. So, knowing who your resources are and knowing your mentors don't have to come from your workplace. They can come from all parts of your life.
2: I look at it like having a board of directors, an advisory board, a career advisory board.
0: Okay. Well, so that's, that's some tips on having a job. But what about getting a job? Do you have a favorite tip or a thing that people do wrong when they're looking for a new job, Liz?
1: The biggest mistake people make is they just sit and apply online and like apply blindly online and just keep submitting the same resume to everything.
2: How many times did we get multiple, multiple resumes for multiple jobs? I mean, you'd see the person, oh, did you get (laughs) so-and-so's resume? How many times
1: in the ATS is the person in their applicant tracking system a hundred times? Gee, they're a perfect fit for all hundred roles. It's just black hole.
0: So they basically they they, they apply mm-hmm. for every job in the company just in case, basically. just in case.
2: Well, sometimes people get an idea that they want to work for a certain company, and the company that Liz and I worked for at the time was one of the best companies you could work for in the financial services area in San Francisco. Mm-hmm. So you know they had it in their head that they had to go and work for BGI, and you know sometimes it's better to have a broader viewpoint when you're searching for a job
0: right so they just they just said in their head oh yeah I'd be qualified for the vice president of international markets and someone
1: would. will see my resume and see my greatness and applying blindly is 99% of the time putting yourself in a black hole it's not the way to get a job mm. right and then and then complaining about the fact that you don't get called
2: for the jobs there's another thing not to do right um, in mm-hmm. fact complaining is probably not a best practice in the interview process
0: complaining is not a best practice mm-hmm. in the interview process mm-hmm. but other times is it ever a best practice
2: well complaining complainers drain you don't they there's probably better strategies than complaining if you need to get you know if you want to create some change
0: right let's switch topics again uh, and, and what about hiring if you're a hiring manager any particular kind of pet peeves or, or things that people do wrong if you're if you're actually trying to hire somebody
1: listen to your recruiter obviously no. No, honestly, this happened to me this week and I, I got really, I wanted to complain, but that doesn't get you anywhere. It's I was really frustrated because I I really think that hiring managers need to listen to their advisors around them. And so I had a hiring manager who I said, "Oop, you interviewed this candidate a week and a half ago and then she's not going to come in for another week and a half and she's going to have to fly a far distance to meet with you. Call her and show her the love a little bit. And he's like, well, why can't you do that? Well, because I'm the outside resource who she's not going to be working with. That's why. It's not the same. I can, but you doing it makes all the difference. And he was just like, I'm busy. And so sometimes you have to rely on your people people to kind of help guide you in the interview process and to help you see the big picture.
2: Yeah. I think one one of the challenges that I faced as a recruiter was was the hiring managers relying so heavily on the rapport that they have with a candidate that even though you really really like this person, they may not be the best position, the best person for the job? Yes. So that was that's always an interesting kind of educational thing because you know that person may be a really good interviewer, but the best interviewer may not always be the best candidate for the job.
1: Falling for the interview persona.
2: Yes. Hmm. Some people just rock interviews and aren't very good employees. And so that's a that's a tough one.
0: Hmm. Interesting. Okay. Well, now we're going to move into the portion of this episode of the podcast, which I do not know if you're ever going to repeat again, but we're going to call it the lightning round. <laughs> okay. so I have a series of questions, which I have not told you about because I have just written them down as you were talking. And I am going to ask both of you to answer them in turn with Hopefully, yes or no, but at least uh, one sentence or less. So, you have to stop when you get to a a period, okay? So, here we go. Lightning round, question one. Should I quit my job before I have a new one?
2: No, not if you can prevent it.
0: (laughs) That's good. Question number two. Do I have to have all the listed requirements in a job description before applying to a job?
1: No,
2: 60%.
0: (laughs) Question number three. Do I uh, what is my question number three? I can't read my own writing. Question number three, because this is a this is a frequently asked question. Is it bad if I tell the company my salary first before they give me the job salary range?
1: Absolutely not. Always be upfront about what you want with your salary. Hey, but how are you navigating that with the new laws,
2: Liz? Because you know most of the recruiting that I did, I would get that information up front.
1: Mm-hmm. So I say, what are you looking to make?
2: Okay. That's it. That's all that's what you ask.
1: I don't ask what they're currently making. I say what are your seller expectations?
0: Mm, okay.
1: And one candidate actually said to me, You're not supposed to ask that. I said I didn't ask you what you're making.
0: <laughs> good, good. Well, and the reason and we are we are violating the rules of the lightning round right now, but the reason is of <laughs> course if if you need to make, you know, uh one twenty and the job only pays seventy, you should stop the the conversation. Absolutely.
2: Right it's not a good fit. Right. Exactly. It fit. Doesn't, fit is fits a whole other episode. Right. Yeah. But, uh, you know, salary requirements need to fit the job.
1: And comp is a whole nother negotiating salary is actually a whole episode, because if you don't talk about comp up front, then you're going to get low ball. Mm. We can talk more about that in the salary episode. <laughs> yes. Yes.
0: OK. Next question, lightning round. If I quit my job uh, before a year is over, is that bad? Liz?
1: Most of the time, yes.
0: If I quit two or two or three jobs within a year, is that super bad?
1: It's showing a pattern that I probably don't want to repeat with my company. You're not. No, it's complicated. It can
2: be complicated mm-hmm. sometimes, and you have to look at all of the details mm-hmm. around the position, around the fit. Is it a good fit for you? Is the company culture a good fit for you? Hopefully, hopefully you've given some thought to that on the front end. Mm-hmm. But uh, you know, bottom line, if you're miserable. It may be better to make a move than to wait a year. Mm-hmm.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: I remember I had a director of HR role.
0: Uh-huh. You, uh, you, you hit a pe- – right- you, you've gone past one sentence, but you can oh. keep going.
2: <laughs> John, you and your rules.
0: <laughs> keep going.
2: Right before I met you, Liz, um, I took a director of HR role for a fast-growing company in Oakland, and you know they were on all the lists, right? And I knew like, on day two, oh, shit. Because mm-hmm. when they wanted the directors to punch the clock <coughs> – Right? To, to actually punch in the time clock I was, and, and, just, and then all of the meetings that I had. By, by the end of the first week, I remember in the, being in the car, driving back to San Francisco from Oakland. I was living in the city at the time and talking to John on the phone and saying, okay, I got one week down. Let's see if I can go 51 more. Mm-hmm. And six months in, I just decided it wasn't worth it. <laughs> so it may not have been the most strategic decision for me, but it was the right decision.
1: Cool. And decisions based on happiness are, are good. My answer to John's three in a row. Right, right. Mm-hmm. No, three in one year. I mean, and,
2: and, and it depends on the situation too. I mean, there, we see a lot of, especially in technology, we see a lot of candidates who have been laid off due to, you know, due to re- reductions in force, due to layoffs. Right.
1: Mm-hmm. Dude, and that's downsizing. where recruiters need to know the market. Yes.
0: Mm-hmm. So let's say I'm trying to break into a new career and you always get all this, all sorts of advice. So Liz, do informational interviews ever work? Absolutely. Mm -hmm. Yeah, absolutely. I always also get the the advice to go networking. Is there a a quick lightning round answer to like, how do you network? Or is that a whole podcast?
1: It's a whole podcast. I mean, I know the look on your face makes you look like you want to throw up at the the idea of networking. And I hear you, but networking is the best way to get a job. And absolutely, if you're looking, you should be out there at events, meetups. There's so many good ways to network right now. Go to them.
2: I agree with that 100%. And I would also add, you know, put a little heart in it. Mm -hmm. Go to it and actually care and try to make some connections Mm -hmm. as opposed to, oh, I'm going to this networking thing and it's going to suck. Yeah. So make sure you've got the right mindset Mm -hmm. when you approach that. Absolutely.
1: Put on your happy face, big (laughs) smile, not a time for complaining. No. You're curious and learning. (laughs)
0: Sometimes people get confused about the role of recruiters. If I am looking for a new job, is it my job to reach out to recruiters or should they be reaching out to me?
1: Who's looking for the job?
0: Yeah. Most well, let's 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 assume people are early and mid-career when they're listening to this podcast.
1: So I would say it's a really tight job market right now. Recruiters are going to be reaching out to you. But if there's a job at a certain company, why wouldn't you target the person who is looking for people like you at that company? I love when people reach out to me and are interested in a company that I'm working with or a role I'm working on. That's great. That shows me a lot of initiative and gives me a lot of qualities of that person that hopefully I want to hire.
0: Nice, nice. I think maybe sometimes people are confused, especially early on. They, they some If they've never worked with a recruiter before, they somehow think a recruiter is somebody that the job seeker hires. Uh, which is usually not the case.
2: Yeah. Yeah. How many times have you heard candidates say, oh, the recruiter didn't do anything for me? Right.
1: Mm. <laughs> or I love when they call and they'll be like, can you get me into Facebook? No, I'm not an agent. I'm I'm not Ari Gold. Like, I cannot get you into somewhere that I'm not working with. Yeah. But people don't understand that. And also, different recruiters are different. And different recruiters have different competencies and different levels of influence. And one of our podcast topics is the difference in different types of recruiters. And, John, we talked about this when I was on Tech Reckoning. But it's important to know who you're talking to mm. and what their sphere of influence is.
0: Indeed, indeed. Actually, you were on Geek Whispers, not Tech Reckoning.
1: Oh, shoot. Yeah, yeah. You're
0: right. No, that's okay. Next line, should you always uh, give a counter offer when you're given an offer?
1: You mean should should you negotiate?
0: Shouldn't you Yeah, if you are a candidate and you are given an offer, should you counter?
1: Sometimes. It depends on the situation, uh-huh. depends on the
2: details of the offer. Okay. Like, you know, if you if you come in and are very clear about your salary requirements being X mm-hmm. and the offer comes in right at X, as a recruiter, I might advise you not to Uh, negotiate Mm -hmm. because they came in and exactly what you asked for.
0: Okay.
1: But it depends on the situation, right, Liz? I mean, you might have a different take on that. So first of all, if the recruiter or whomever gives you the offer says the words best and final, no. Okay. Mm -hmm. I mean, I only say that when I mean it. Mm -hmm. Hint to... to, uh,
0: You don't lie to your candidates?
1: Never.
2: That's why Liz is one of the best recruiters I know because, I mean, that's a whole other conversation. There are lots of people in this industry that call themselves recruiters. And I think one of the reasons why Liz and I bonded so well is that we've got the in-house experience and the HR experience too. So, uh, we have a different perspective than someone who's strictly been on the agency side for the whole time. Mm
0: -hmm, mm -hmm.
1: And we're comp differently, but that's, again, that other recruiting thing. But I would say that, so if I say best and final, it's best and final and don't bother negotiating because you're not getting it. If I don't say it, then there may be room. Mm-hmm. But I think that's where it's important to build a relationship with the recruiter or hiring, hiring manager or whomever is going to be giving you the offer and ask, is there room to negotiate? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. If a candidate doesn't ask, I don't say, hey, you might want to get a sign-on. But if they say, hey, would they consider a sign-on to cover XYZ? I can always ask. I can say no when they say no. But if I don't ask, you won't get it.
0: Mm. Nice. With a resume, does formatting matter? Yeah.
1: Yes.
0: (laughs) Kat says, yeah.
1: Absolutely. I mean, you want your resume to be readable, right?
0: With a resume, do keywords matter? Do I need to stuff my resume with a lot of keywords?
1: Depends what kind of job you're looking for and if you expect people to be looking for your resume online.
0: Okay. Kat, kind of nodding. Do cover letters matter? Mm, they're both making faces.
1: Well,
2: when I was a production recruiter and was reviewing 200 resumes a day, I wasn't reading the cover letter first. Okay, so I just didn't even look at the cover letter. But then when I would go back, I would look at the cover letter with the final, you know, the, the kind of initial candidates. So you want it to be grammatically correct. Uh, and ideally targeted toward the position that you're that you're applying for. How many times, Liz, have we seen canned cover letters that are going for different jobs in the job the candidate is applying for? You know that's kind of a strike against you on the on the way out.
1: Mm-hmm. <laughs> I love the one I remember so clearly getting one at Barclays that said that they wanted a job at Morgan Stanley. I'm like, yes. well, then you should apply there. I mean, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> that's <laughs> that. That just really gives the warm
2: fuzzies, right? And and you don't even want to share that cover letter with a hiring manager, right? Oh gosh. No. Oh, I'm sorry. I don't know what happened to that cover letter. <laughs> <laughs>
1: So generally, I mean, now it'd be the cover email and it's always nice to have. I like when they apply online and they write like, I want this company because of XYZ. It doesn't have to be great. And like Kat, I read that last. I, I look at the resume and I, I read them bottom up to see progression. And then I read top down if I like what I saw from bottom up. And then I'll go and see if there's a cover letter. And if there is one, I'm going to see if it's well written. If it's a yes. disaster, mm-hmm. that's going to influence me. If it's just, I really want this job because of this, then it's a net neutral. So, can help, can hurt, can do nothing.
0: Last question. Very common thing that happens in a job search, the company goes silent. What is the number one reason that the company has stopped talking to me in my job search?
1: They're not hiring you. <laughs>
0: <laughs> but that's that's not good, right? That's not It's not a polite way to end a job search.
1: Oh, it's terrible, and I don't recommend it. But first of all, somebody... A recruiter can be carrying, let's say, twelve recs at a time, or and then more, have, I mean,
2: or more. Oh. I carried up to thirty. Yeah.
1: Oh yeah, yeah. And then they might have five or six candidates for each role. Fast math says that's a lot of people. And so you talk to someone, and you're waiting to hear back from the hiring manager, and you don't hear back, and you, people so, sometimes don't care, and sometimes do their best. I can't say I've never let someone fall through the cracks, but. There's no reason why you can't call the recruiter and say, "Hey, we spoke last week. Do you have any feedback for me?" It's helpful, but people go silent and they're not hiring you and you need to move on and cuz you won't know why. Right? Hmm. That's
2: a that's one of those cases where you're probably not going to get feedback about why.
1: Hmm. No. And wow. and that's
2: because of the latitiousness, right? The liability is there.
1: Or you fell through the cracks, they hired someone else and they and they didn't follow up with the people and they should have because that's the right thing to do, but they didn't. And so move on.
2: What candidates may not realize is that the hiring managers go silent sometimes. Yeah. So it may not be the recruiter. The recruiter's managing, you know, in between 10 and 20 jobs, most likely. You get to the point where you you work with the managers that are going to work with you and you put the other jobs on hold. Mm -hmm. Now, I always tried, I tried to pride myself on, I was a recruiter that looped back with candidates. (laughs) Me too. I can't say that you know, a few times I didn't loop back with someone. You know, it just sure. it's it it happens.
0: <laughs> right. Well, hey, so thank you very much. Uh, you've now answered all my questions about jobs and recruiting, so people can just turn this podcast off and not listen again. So thank you. We've we've
1: that'll be cut.
0: Yeah. Yeah. No. 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 I'm kidding because I. So those questions it, were a lot you. about maybe uh, we do the editing. <laughs> those questions were a lot about recruiter recruiting right but that's one part of the value chain here right what's interesting to me about this podcast is i i think you're going to you have one a bunch of interesting topics y'all have already kind of come up with to talk about yourselves two you you've talked about bringing in uh, executives and recruiters and and people from from job boards and career coaches and people who you know do managerial training right all these people this whole kind of through through line of of how does one Succeed in a in a this lifelong thing that's that's many many decades long that we call a career, right? Uh, it's fascinating. Uh, it's all, it's kind of becomes kind of the central part of a lot of our lives. But yet uh, we know, like you say there's no college course on it. So uh, how do you figure it out? Mm-hmm. Great. So I think um, maybe we can wrap it up here. This first preview episode of Real Job Talk, the <laughs> podcast that tells you about what's not said at the water cooler. Liz Bronson, Kathleen Nelson Troyer. I don't know any final words, any final thoughts about embarking on this podcast journey.
1: Let's do it. Yes. <laughs> Thank you, John, for moderating us for this first one. And I'm exci- I'm super excited. Cause I think we have a lot of help to give. Um, and we obviously have a great time together. And so it's, we have some I opinions, <laughs> just, just like one or two. <laughs>
0: Awesome, Liz Bronson. Um, how do people? What's the best way for people to contact you on on Twitter, etc.?
1: They can email me at liz at lizbronsonconsulting.com. They can tweet at me at lizbconsult. consult. Also, they can get me at at Real Job Talk mm-hmm. on, on Twitter, Twitter and Instagram. And Inst- Inst- Graham, I think, is Real Talk Podcast. Real jo- Yeah, Real Job Talk Podcast. I guess. <laughs> We'll have to get there. Yeah. Instagram's coming.
0: Instagram's coming. Or they can connect, connect with you on LinkedIn, I imagine.
1: They absolutely can find me on LinkedIn. I'm Liz Bronson.
0: And Kathleen Nelson Troyer. How can folks get a hold of you?
2: On Twitter, I'm Daily Cat. On LinkedIn, I'm Kathleen Nelson Troyer. That's probably a really good place to reach me. And my email is Kathleen at jigsawstaffing.com.
0: Awesome. Well, hey, Liz, Kat, thanks a lot. I'm looking forward to the podcast.
2: Thank you, John. Thank so, I we we... appreciate all your expertise and assistance <laughs> with this production. Here. I
0: just turned the mics on. You guys uh, you guys <laughs> did all the laughing, so which is awesome. Hey. Great. <laughs> Aloha. Mahalo. Cheers. All
1: right. Well, until next time. No jazz hands.
0: Liz, they can't see you wave.
1: I know. <laughs> Bye-bye. It's a shame.